Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited today for the next episode in our book series. Today, Sarah Westfall and I are going to be discussing the book, How Are You Really? by Jenna Kutchner. And Sarah is a wife, mom to Marley, a Peloton enthusiast, and a workplace project manager. She loves Red Wine, Real Housewives franchise, and her dream is to be a contestant on Survivor. So we need to help her make that happen. And again, we're discussing the book, How Are You Really? Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to jump into this book with you. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, before we jump in, I do have to ask you, what is your favorite Real Housewives city then? <laughs> I am definitely in New Jersey. I love the New Jersey one. <laughs> All right. All right. That was like one of the originals, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Interesting. So cool. All right. So we are jumping into the book, How Are You Really? And this book really came out, I said really a lot. This book came out right after the pandemic and was probably written right shortly. Well, the pandemic's still kind of going on, but written probably in the last year. And I find it so timely as to what we have all gone through as a society and a world. And So excited to jump into this book. Tell me, like, what were your most memorable lessons or key takeaways from the book? Absolutely. So the reason I picked up the book in the first place was because coming out of having a baby, coming out of the pandemic, I was experiencing a lot of change in my life. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was asking myself, how are you? How are you really? Like what is going on? And I was really, um, you know, gravitated towards that type of theme of this book was to ask yourself, how are you really? Yeah, I love it. And I think this book is so timely because this is our November book and I can't believe it's November, but we are headed into the holidays and we are hopefully going to see going to see people that we haven't seen in a long time or maybe we only see once a year and i think so often we ask how are you and then you get the fines or the busy and this is really a timely question for the season no how how are you really not only how are you but how are the other people that are the cast of characters in your life yeah no definitely and I think sometimes, you know, you talk about um, just surface level things with people, the weather, you talk about your dog, but I think it's really important to have those conversations of what's going on in your life. What kind of change are you, are you experiencing? What, what are your dreams? How, how you can help each other reach those dreams. And I think this book really gave you some tools to get into conversations like that with people. 
Yeah. And one of the questions that really came up when I was reading this book is why don't we ask those deeper questions? And I found there's a, a passage in here that was really interesting and it really hit home for me. As most of you know, who've listened along, I'm a tabber and a highlighter. Sorry for those of you who love a pristine book. I do not have a single one like that. Uh, mine are all written all over. Um, but one of the the reasons that we don't ask this question, she says, the truth is we're scared of what actually might come out if we pause to pose the question and answer with honesty, not only to the people in our lives, but to ourselves. We're scared of what we'd hear if we got quiet enough to ask ourselves the question, questions that matter. Is there more out there? Is this it? Am I actually happy? What now? What's next? What's wrong? And I would say, how are you really? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that passage too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of, in the beginning, there's a lot of great advice on how to really feel your feelings. Because when we really think about deep down, that's what's keeping us from asking that question, how are we really? We're hiding from our true feelings and maybe we don't really want to know the truth or we don't want to tell it to other people. And so one of the lessons that she has is how to pause and ask yourself those tough questions. And when you think about this chapter, Sarah, what advice would you give to the listener to really dig deep and feel those feelings? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know, something that I always do is think when I run and think when I work out. It's kind of a time that's sacred to me right now, um, you know, having a lot of distractions in my life. Um, but when I go for a walk, I think to myself and really try to reflect on my day or what are the things that I'm doing during my day that could be better, could be improved on. Um, but also just giving myself kudos that I am doing enough. My, I'm trying hard every day and to just give myself a little grace, um, which I think everybody needs to, and just kind of take a deep breath and be like, you know what? I am doing enough. I am okay. Yeah. So I think that would, you know, be my best advice to, you know, just kind of reflect, but also know that you are doing enough. Yeah. And I think one of the lessons in the book is about how we talk to ourselves. And I think so often if we were to actually say the things we're saying to ourselves out loud to our friends, we would be like the mean girls, maybe from Real Housewives, we get like kicked right off because the things we say to ourselves are probably not the nicest and they're probably not things that you would want to say out loud. And I think that is really what comes down to feeling your feelings is allowing yourself to go there, but also being nice to yourself when you do go there, because that's why we're so scared to say, you know, what we're truly feeling. And that's why we end up with, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, let's talk about the weather. Oh, my dog's so cute. Because <laughs> that's easier than actually being honest with both ourselves and others. Right. Absolutely. And 
she has a quote in here that says, so many of us are walking this planet with being strangers to ourselves, not knowing who we are or what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Um, The next real chapter is all about ditching the supposed to do's. And I think so many times in life, you know, I think about our children. I know that you have a little one. And I think about our children and I think back to when I was a kid and people would ask me all the time when I was like five, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I don't remember what I said. I think I probably said a horseback rider or something, but I remember my brother said he wanted to be a garbage man. And immediately adults were like, no, you don't want to do that. Like you don't want to do that or that doesn't, you won't make enough money or whatever. But in reality, he only wanted to jump on and off the garbage truck. That's really what he wanted to do. And I think as children and all the way up through life, we're in this path of you should do this, or you have to do that, or that's the very next step. Mm -hmm. And so she talks a lot about how to ditch those golden handcuffs, the supposed to-dos, I think that's easier said than done, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really liked that chapter, too, is because when I was, you know, figuring out this new role as a mother in my life, I had to ditch a lot of supposed tos. You know, I had to really get clear on what my priorities were and new priorities for me. But my dad gave me some really good advice once. And he told me, stop making everything your job. And Mm. that had always, you know, and it kind of relates back to this. When I was reading that, I was thinking about that advice my dad gave me because I was seeing a pattern in my life where I would join an organization and then feel the need to join every single committee or feel the need to be the president or be on the board. And right now, this time in my life, I don't have time to make everything my job. So I've really had to work hard to ditch that, you know, supposed to and what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing and just really be more present um, in the activities I love and just do the activities, you know, don't don't be the president of the activity, just go enjoy it, you know, and I, I think I got that a lot out of this um, particular chapter is ditch those supposed to. So you don't, you're not supposed to have to do that all. So, yeah. And I think about this a lot with people who have children, like you're supposed to bring brownies for their birthday and you're supposed to go on Pinterest and figure out how to make them look super cute. And They have to be wrapped a certain way and all these things. When in reality, your kid really does not care. They just want to see you for (laughs) their birthday or something like that. So I think that there are so many things in our life that we're supposed to do that really, if we stop and think about what we truly want and what's truly important, that's what's really going to set our life apart and for us to be able to live that fulfilled life. Um, So she has a little journal quote or journaling exercise in here under this. And she suggests that 
you really think about, are there areas in your life where you're staying stuck because it's conventional or convenient and maybe where you're going with the flow and what changes in life do you need to make? Because when if this chapter hits home with the supposed tos, it's like that little dashboard light reminding you to service your engine soon. And so I loved this chapter about supposed to because I think back to my life as a child, like I was supposed to know at the age of five what I wanted to be for my entire life. I mean, that is just the craziest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. So the next couple of chapters really are about going after your goal, which is obviously my jam. And what I really liked about this is she talked about how many times we see our friends, our close friends and family, yet we never talk about their goals and dreams. Like I never knew that you wanted to be on Survivor. I mean, I can guess now that it makes total sense now that you say it because you are one of the outdoorsy people in my in my life, but I never would have known that that's one of your goals or dreams. And she talks a lot about how do you support others with their goals and dreams. So when you think about this, how do you how do you think you'll support not only others with their goals and dreams, but your child who will have her own goals and dreams? Yeah, that's a great question, Sarah. Um, you know, I really feel like I want her to find her own path. And if she wants to dabble in certain things, then I will throw the best resources I can to that. You know, like she's really started to pick up music and she likes to dance. And I can't wait for the day when she's old enough to try out a dance class, Aww. you know, um, but I just really want her to find her own path and be able to support her, but also support her if she wants to quit, you know, support mm -hmm. her if she doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and I think that's always a hard thing too, is, is knowing when to quit your goals or knowing when to quit, um, a hobby that you have in mind. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that I'm helping her, uh, explore, but also support, um, as a parent in that, in that way. Yeah. And, and Marley is a COVID baby. She is. And so <laughs> she grew up in a little isolated bubble. And so being able to really be the incubator for her dreams is, is so important because at the beginning of her life, she didn't get out much, a lot yeah. of, a lot of her COVID <laughs> babies. Um, yeah, I love it. And I think it's so difficult sometimes to hear somebody's dream and not say, Oh, I'm not sure in your head, like, I'm not sure that's possible when in reality, somebody has already probably done something similar and it all is possible. And I think about like Amazon, can you imagine what his parents, when he was in the garage building, I think it was the garage or basement that he's building Amazon. were thinking they probably were right upstairs. Like this is never going to work. We're going to be supporting this kid forever. And then now look at that now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think it's really about tapping into your childhood and how to have fun again. I think that many times when we become adults, we forget what it's like to truly dream those dreams and we get into adulting 
I used to have a student that used to tell me she was the president of her sorority and she'd say, Miss Mayor, president and adulting are no fun <laughs> because it, you know, it sucks the life out of us a little yeah. bit when all we're filled with is doing laundry and stuff like that. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she says in the book, some of the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur when a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something worthwhile. If the activity at hand happens to be something we enjoy and we're good at, we achieve a flow mental state and it can leave us feeling ecstatic, motivated, and fulfilled. I just think that's so true. Yeah, I love that. Yep. Yeah. Can you, do you have a time in your life where you knew that you were in flow? Have you ever been in flow? I have been in flow before. Um, I flow really well when I'm cleaning my house. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know what to do next. I have, you know, a, a flow of, um, a sequence that I like. I turn on music. I have fun. I may have some wine during that too, if it's a a big (laughs) cleaning session, but you know, I think, I think that's also relatable is when you are in a flow of your business or you're in a flow at your job, you just have that sequence down, you know, how to anticipate what's next. Um, and you know, it, it may be chaos, but you are enjoying your actions. Um, and you are, you know what to do next. Yeah. And I think that idea of flow for a lot of people is something they're like, I'll never have that. And in reality, you can be in flow in some of the the, the simplest tasks and some of the most difficult tasks. But it's really that feeling of not wanting to be doing something else. You could do this for hours and it's effortless. You forget about all the other things going on around you. And I think about a time in my career where I was working on this really technical portal with one person and we had a very tight deadline. And I don't think that month I talked to anybody else. Like we talked the entire month about this project and I was so in flow. People were like, oh, did you fall off the face of the earth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of did because this was really fun and challenging. And I would do it again all over again because it was such one one of the biggest times that I felt really in flow. And you mentioned this earlier, and she has a whole chapter on how to change your mind. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, so I think one of the biggest things that I got out of the book was her, she talked about identity foreclosure. Um, and I dug deeper into that because I was really, really intrigued, um, which then I found that podcast, um, a slight change of plans. Um, yeah, fantastic. Like I listened to every single episode I could. Um, I just really, I think when you change your mind or you're changing your habits or, you know, you're just changing who you are at any stage, you know, and you're still that same person, but you are evolving. You are in a state of adaptation. Um, I just, I really liked 
that the messaging was that it's okay to try out new things. It's okay to, um, you know, uh, just test out different things that might work for you. Um, no right or wrong, you know, yeah. in, in that, which I, I enjoyed that part. Yeah. And I loved how she talked a little bit about the reason that sometimes we don't change our mind, even mm. though our gut is telling us like, no, we absolutely are going down the wrong direction. There's a sorry, this I digress, because every time I think about going <laughs> down the wrong direction, I think about Robert Frost and the path less traveled. And there's this kid, kid president, and he says, not cool, Robert Frost. There were rocks and bushes and like, but it is really about the pathless traveled. And sometimes when we know we're going the wrong way, we don't turn around. And she has a quote in here from Dr. Schenkner saying there's this insight in cognitive science that's called the sunk cost fallacy. And it basically leads us to irrationally cling to things that we put a lot of time and effort into because we don't want to experience the cost of departing. And that's why so many of us worry that abandoning something we once loved will cost us someday. And in doing so, we disregard that living a life that is unfulfilled is actually costing us today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Dog, you're the exact same page, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that's why, you know, we keep going on a path when we know it's not right for us. This is why, you know, we maybe become, you know, I think about kids who are like, well, I became a doctor, but I knew that I didn't want to be a doctor day three of school. Or I ended up going down this path and I just knew it wasn't right. And I never really thought about this idea of the sunk cost fallacy. That's a very scientific term. But there have been things in my life where I have kept going because I'm like, well, I worked really hard on that. Right. But why am I continuing to work really hard mm -hmm. on that? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's an important lesson for everybody. You know, it's mm -hmm. she has one in here sunk cost fallacy is exactly why our closets are stuffed with clothes that no longer fit, but we hold on to because we spent so much money on them years ago. <laughs> yeah. Or we're still oh, hanging yeah. on to, I'm going to uh, lose the weight to actually yeah. wear those clothes. Right. right. Yeah. And so we're so invested in them because it's like throwing out our hope that we ever will fit into them again. Right. Exciting news, bold goal crushers. We have launched a book club. It started as an idea to read some books and talk about them on the podcast. And now we have a full-blown book club. Please sign up to join the book club at sarahmayer.com slash join book club, where you can see all the upcoming reads, purchase the book and jump into the discussion regarding the books. I'm super excited to have you in the book club. Let's dive in because we know that education is the key to achieving and crushing your goals. Again, visit sarahmayer.com slash book club. And I think that really segues into how to listen to your body. 
And she talks about how our body knows when your heart sinks, when you feel sick to your gut, when something really blossoms in your chest and when your brain gloriously pops, that's your body telling you one true thing and you should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's hard for a lot of us because we get caught up into the shoulds and then we just push through. And we just keep going, but really taking time to really feel the feelings. Like she talks about how she had lost her baby during this chapter and how she really needed to take a break. But the shoulds kept activating in her head saying, no, we should try again. We should do this. I need to do that. I have to do this. And she really just didn't listen to her body, which was grieving and really needed that rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I dog-eared one, one of her prompts, which I really like those prompts that she does in this book. I think they're yeah. fantastic. And it's look at your body today. What is it showing you? What is it saying to you? What is one uniquely beautiful thing that you're noticing? What do you love about what you see? And I really liked that because I think sometimes you're so hard on yourself Um, but you need to be speaking lovingly, no matter, no matter what, because it really does affect, you know, your inner dialogue really does affect, you know, your mind and, and how you carry yourself through the day. So I really liked those reflections and, and just coming from a place of love and, and thankfulness too, you know, our bodies do amazing things for us. So I think it's really important to be thankful and grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also, you know, somebody said this, that, you know, when I was a kid, somebody said like, oh, if they're teasing you, that's because they're jealous. I don't know if that's always true. But most of the time when I was comparing and still am comparing myself to others, they're probably looking at that part that, of their body that I'm like, oh, I wish I had her hair. Or I wish I had this or I wish I was that. And they're like, oh, I wish I was, you know had different hair. I wish I was 10 pounds lighter, whatever. So they're still in their body, probably talking about the same thing that I'm admiring as well. Yep. I agree with that. (laughs) Yep. Um, The next one that I really liked, you talked about the prompts and she had some really great prompts in this body or in this chapter about the body. And what I thought was really interesting was that she talked about really listening to your body and allowing your body when you ask those prompts to just tell you how it's really feeling. So I thought that was pretty profound. The next the (laughs) next chapter is really funny to me. I don't know why this chapter was so funny because I I'm not in a relationship, but it's about how you speak to yourself. And she talks about how she's married to Mr. Sixpack. And she posted a picture of her and her husband. And then somebody basically said, how did she land this guy? Because she's not a toothpick. And I thought it was really funny because she didn't even think about posting that picture. And then the trolls come out. But what really came from that is that at first she was like really down on herself. And then she realized, oh, wait, like this is my person. And 
I am with him. I'm not, he's not with that girl who ever said that on there. And I think she really took that and, and turned it into humor where she started playing, uh, playing that track to the public. Like I'm married to Mr. Sixpack. She ended up on the Ellen DeGeneres show after this oh, wow. and start, it, it just became this big thing. But now it, she did the inner work, but it became this joke between her and her husband, but also the jokes on that girl now. <laughs> right, right. The jokes on the trolls. <laughs> yep. yep. But she talks about in this chapter how that was really hard for her because he is natural. I mean, he does work out, but he's naturally fit. He has a different metabolism. He has all this different body makeup. And she really thought about, you know, why is he with me when he's Mr. Six Pack Ab guy? Mm-hmm. had to de- dig deep yep. and, and do the work to to get over that and I, I think it's hard too when you put yourself out on the internet you know as as she does um yep. and d- did she she talks about that a little bit in this book too just yeah. how how that in itself you have to be even you know more more sensitive to what your inner thoughts are yeah yeah. And she talks about the word. She really started to think about the word she said to herself after this. I'll call it an incident um, because she realized that she was saying some of those things to herself. So she she has some prompts in here. How can you challenge yourself to be kinder and gent- gentler with your whole self, including your words? And what are five ways you can compliment your body today? I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the next chapter is all about how do you let your dreams come true? And I really love this chapter because she originally titled it how to make your dreams come true. And then she changed it to how to let your dreams come true. And she has this to say about dreams. Dreams expand. Not only do they themselves expand, but they influence other parts of your life to do the same. And I can even say dreams help expand everything. Nothing goes untouched. They expand our hopes for our future. They extend our creative ventures and they expand our passion and our empathy and intuition. Yeah, I guess I wonder why so many people don't go after their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too hard, too much work. Mm-hmm. Can't see, you know, I, I think about some stuff that I've let die in the past and it, and it's, you can't, you, you want the quick result. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people want the quick result, but yeah. it, that it doesn't always happen that way. And you have to keep chugging along. And like you said, let, let the dream come true. Yeah. I think also in any dream, there's always a gap. Like mm-hmm. if you're dreaming about something, there's a gap from where you're at to where you need to be. And sometimes that gap just feels so big that you're like, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources and I don't know where to go from there. And I think that in this chapter, really thinking about how to let your dreams come true and how to speak those out into the world. And Going back to the title of the book, How Are You Really? Those conversations we have with others where we're talking about our dogs. I mean, I love our dogs. We have two great (laughs) dogs. 
but we're talking about our dogs instead of what we truly want out of life or what we truly want to achieve or what we're working on and what lights our fire. And I think that's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, And you know, what just popped into my head, Sarah, is, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about how I wanted to be on Survivor. Uh That's what I've never done. I have never submitted an application. I have never, you know, done a video submission. So guess what? My dream can't come true being on Survivor unless I just go for it. Like what's my problem, (laughs) you know? And I've never, you can say you dream of being on Survivor, but if I don't even try, I'm not letting that dream happen. You know, I don't even know if it's, if it's going to come true for me because I've never tried. So, well, well, I think, you know, it won't come true because you're not trying. <laughs> exactly. I've never even submitted it. So yeah, yeah there you go. There's your yep. challenge it to is. yourself. <laughs> A takeaway. <laughs> well, and I think also it's really about the, will I let myself down? Mm-hmm. I don't want to put it out there and then fail. I don't want to like tell everybody, I mean, this is recorded. So you've just told everybody, but I don't want to tell everybody I want to be on survivor. And then in 10 years, they're like, what happened? Yeah. Oh, it really wasn't my dream or whatever. So yeah. And this segues right into the next chapter, which is how to ask for help. And I think so many times that we don't ask for help because going back to what your father's advice was that you don't have to make everything your job. You also don't have to do everything yourself. Right. Right. You do not. And I know a lot of people that would help me with my survivor submission video. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. We would have, we would have a whole crew out there. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know what's involved, but sign me up. (laughs) Well, and I, I think it's really hard to ask for help. And it's something you just, you know, you have, it's almost like a skill. Um, you have to practice to ask for help. Um, at least that's what I have, uh, experienced in my life because, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who feel that, well, I could do it better or, you know, but no, I don't have that time. I don't, I need to ask for help, you know? So I think sometimes it's a skill um, that you have to practice is asking for help. Even if it's just a small thing, you know, you, you start to be more comfortable asking for help when you're asking for help. Yeah. And I think there's this deep down reason we don't ask for help. So, uh, she points out, Dr. Julie Hank says, asking for help demonstrates trust and helps build bonds of intimacy and friendships, but it also exposes your human limitations to someone and shows you're willing to be vulnerable. And that I think is why often we don't ask for help because we are not really wanting to show that we can't do it by ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this really ties into the chapter on boundaries. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know, I, I'm really big on boundaries and I actually stopped saying no. Uh, probably in 2017, a while ago, because I realized two things. First of all, when someone was coming to me to ask for help, that takes 
a lot of courage Mm -hmm. or they want to rope me into something or help me help them create something or speak at something or whatever. It takes a lot of courage to go out and ask for help. But I also realized that a lot of the things that I was getting involved in were not my true passion and they really weren't exciting. And so I decided that I was going to stop saying no because no felt bad. Like I felt guilty about saying, hey, you reached out to me and that maybe took a little bit of courage or you really do need help. And now I'm saying no. So I stopped saying no. And I started saying, do you know who would be really good at that? And started giving opportunity and connection to others. And I think boundaries are so difficult because we want to be people pleasers. Like you mentioned, getting roped in and being the president and getting all involved in everything. But in reality, we can't do it all. Right. No, we can't. We can't. And, you know, boundaries are something, you know, again, that have to be practiced. (laughs) just like I was saying before about asking for help. It's also, you have to practice saying no, or like you said, connecting, being the connector said. So I really like that. And, and when you're putting boundaries on yourself to quote this book, how are you comma really, you have to think about all of the things that you're doing and what you need to place boundaries around. Yeah. And she has this quote that's been very highly quoted in her interviews and stuff. Um, And she said, the truth is boundaries aren't solely for keeping people or whatever powers that be out. They're a tool that can actually keep you in your life and boundaries protect yourself from staying in constant motion because that's what we say. That's why we stay so busy and so distracted. We stop listening to our souls, checking in with our bodies, or hearing our intuition. And I actually would add that boundaries help keep those people in our lives too. Because when we actually set and keep the boundary, we don't have that resentment, but we're able to keep that person in our life as well. Whereas when we don't set the boundary, we end up like, why did I do this? I hate my life right now. Why am I working on this? And we forget the reason why we got into that in the first place is just because we couldn't set that boundary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I relate to that. It's hard with a kid though. How do you set boundaries with Marley? Oh man, we really haven't yet, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But what I have been doing is setting boundaries to what it is, what prevents me from spending the time I need to with her. Um, we went through a lot of that where, you know, I am having to just set different, you know, different parameters for my life and, and, you know, get, get real about where my priorities are now that I have a child. So, um, and creating free time for myself and creating more of time to do what I love to do. Um, because often you have to, uh, you know, take care of your kid first before, you know, some of the stuff that you need to do to be able to take care of her. Also, it's, it's a, it's a constant circle, but I think she's in college now, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the prompts that really stuck me was in the chapter about 
how to be where you are like right now, instead of thinking about, you know, where you were or where you have want to go in the future. And so this was a great journal prompt. Let me ask you what makes time stand still for you? Where do you find those pockets of time where you're so hyper aware that the moment you're in is the one you don't want to miss? Yeah. Yeah. Mine's when I'm out fly fishing and you know, I'm, I'm just in a, that's another one, Sarah, you asked me earlier about flow. Um, that's when I feel in flow and Brian and I are connecting. My husband and I are connecting. We're connected with nature. We're connected with our baby. We had a wonderful trip this year where we went on a 10 day fly fishing trip with her and roughed it a little bit, but not too much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, finding that time where time stands still, where you want to go back to and, and creating more of that in your life. Yeah. And I think it's so important because those are the memories that she will carry for a lifetime. And she's not going to remember that you had the best snacks in kindergarten on her birthday or any of those Pinterest board thing. Nothing against Pinterest. I do like Pinterest, (laughs) but she's not going to remember those things. What she's going to remember is sleeping out in nature with her mom and her dad fly fishing or those type of things. Yeah. I love it. Sarah, one of her first words was fish. Really? It was. (laughs) That's awesome. So Sarah, how did this book impact you? You know, I think this book impacted me because I feel like it is a book that I will go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, I dog-eared it quite a bit. And I actually went to her website and downloaded um, some of the freebie, you know, like some of the freebie stuff that she had. Yeah. Um, And she has a really cool little journal um, in there. Uh, But I think it is a book that I will keep on my shelf and know what chapters are there because different things resonate in different times in your life. And I feel like that's how this book was written is it was written for, for anyone, you know, I think anything you were, you know, kind of going through, you could find in this book. Um, which is why, you know, it'd be a book that I would, I would recommend to people because you can get things out of it and then know what, know what the general theme is of the book and go back to it later, um, to get even more out of it. So that kind of resonated with me is that it is a book that I would, I would keep on my shelf. Um, and then just the other point is, uh, she had in here a lot about slowing down and simplifying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote down a lot about slowing down and simplifying. Um, yeah. And I made the time to read this book as well. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And I'm pretty proud of myself that I did. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes that's something that we forget about as well. Just the simple things, sitting down and reading a book, especially when you have young children and making time for yourself to do that. Um, if you had the chance to ask the author of this book, one question, what would it be? Oh goodness. I would want to ask her what's next because she's been doing a lot. Um, and you know, I don't follow her very, very closely, but I do see, um, that she's kind of evolving, um, a little bit. So I think I would just ask her, Hey, what's next? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think if I were to ask her a question, I would ask her what 
she had to let go in order to really find out how she was. Mm-hmm. Like after she asked herself that question, then what did she decide to do with the response? I like that. Maybe write this book. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always love a good book and I'm always curious. Uh, what are you reading? Any other books or what's on your bookshelf next? Oh man, what is on my bookshelf next? Sarah, I collect books. I buy them and then I collect them. Um, there is a one Melissa Urban just came out with, uh, Boundaries. Oh, yeah. Um, that is one, the book of boundaries that I'm I'm going to get into. Um, and then there's one called The Most Likely Club, which is a fun mm. book. So I always try to do like a self-help and a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what's on the bookshelf right now. So I am currently reading two books right now. I am reading the JK uh, Rowling series that she wrote under her, the guy, Robert Galbraith, I think is the name, the pen name. So I'm reading, trying to get through that series. They are in true JK fashion. They are thick, but they're really good. They're crime books. I'm reading that one for fun. And then I just finished up little plug for the book club our next book is outwitting the devil by napoleon hill so i just finished that one up and yeah we'll get started so thank you so much sarah for being on the show and really diving into this book and i truly hope if you're out there listening when you see your friends and family during the holidays instead of asking how are you Following it up with, no, how are you really when you get the good or busy and really having those deep conversations with your friends, family, and yourself, because that's truly what will make a life worth living. If you are not in the book club, please go to sarahmayer.com slash join book club. We'd love to have you. We have a great group that discusses the book live every month. This discussion will be November 28th which I'm well aware is Cyber Monday. So we may have some shopping in that uh, conversation as well, or we may hear all about all the great things that everybody has purchased. And again, the next book is Outwitting the Devil. So we'd love to have you in the book club to read along. And remember, you can crush your bold goals and everything that gets in the way. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.